Welcome to Empyrean Podcast, a podcast where kingdom and heavenly realities are proclaimed to be manifested and embodied in your everyday life. I want to welcome everyone to Empyrean Podcast. My name is Darnell Craig. In today's episode, we're going to get into New Year's Cleaning Part 3. New Year's Cleaning is a deliverance initiative designed to set the people of God free from demonic blockages and hindrances that will stop their progress this year. But this is the, the final segment of New Year's Cleaning. And I really hope you guys have been experiencing breakthrough and deliverance from this um, deliverance initiative. I want to make you aware of something. If you guys are interested in learning more about deliverance, make sure you check out uh, my website, www.darnellcraig. I actually have a product on my my um, website in my store called Rudiments of Deliverance. Rudiments simply means the fundamentals or the elementary principles. So if you guys want to learn more about deliverance, I believe that is an eight to 10 part series about deliverance where I go more in depth and that will equip you to be able to um, operate in deliverance ministry and also be able to um, discern spirits and things like that. So if you guys are interested in going deeper in the area of deliverance, make sure you go to my store and check out um, Rudiments of Deliverance at www.darnellcraig/shop. Also, if you guys are in the Detroit area, you know, I'm newly here. I've been here um, for the last couple of months. Um, but if you guys are, are, in, or if you guys are in or near the Detroit area, make sure you guys come out to God at a breakthrough. I'm having a monthly meeting on the last Saturday of every month this year called God at a breakthrough. It'll be a time of preaching and demonstration of the spirit and power. So if you guys want to encounter the presence of God and you really, really want to experience a fresh move of God, make sure you guys come out to God at a breakthrough. Go to my Instagram, um, Darnell Craig, or my Facebook page, Darnell Craig, and you'll see the flyer. It's going to be at Evangel um, Christian Ministries, um, but the flyer gives you more details about, I think it's the Candace Tracy Room. It's going to be on Saturdays at um, on, on the last Saturday of each month at um 6 30 p.m it starts at 6 30 um doors will open at six so make sure you guys um come out and support if you're in the detroit area so let's get started we're going to go to the book of first john chapter five. First john chapter five. First john chapter five and i'm going to start with verse one it says whosoever believeth that jesus is the christ is born of god and everyone that loves him that begot loves him also that is begotten of him okay so i'm going to break this down so in order to be a believer you have to believe that jesus is the christ that word christ means the anointed one the word jesus means he shall save his people from their sins the word jesus means he shall save the people from their sins so to be a believer in christ jesus it means that you believe that Jesus was anointed to come and die for your sins as your propitiation or the appeasing sacrifice. In other words, Jesus was your substitute. So to be a believer, it means that you believe that you need a savior. It means that you came to a point through revelation or encounter with God where you realize that without a savior, you were doomed. Without a savior, you were helpless. So you elected 
to choose or believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. For Jesus to be Lord, it means he's the overseer of your life. For Jesus to be Savior, it means he has saved you from your sins. A lot of believers know Jesus as Savior, but they don't know him as Lord. One of the rebukes that Jesus um, said to the disciples, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? In order for Jesus to be Lord of your life, it means that you are submitted to him in every area of your life. It means that every area of your life is under his authority, is under his leadership, and is under his power. That means that there is no unsubmitted areas of your life, and it means that you obey him. You obey his word. You obey his revelation. You obey his direction. It means that you're submitted to Jesus in the area of finances, in the area of marriage, in the area of friendships, in the area of parenting, in the area of um, entrepreneurship. It means in every area of your life, Jesus is Lord. And in every area of your life, you want to build your life based on the words of Jesus. See, one thing about living in a postmodern culture is they want you to think that the words of Jesus are irrelevant. But I want you, I, I, want, I want to present a truth to you. The Bible says that the words that I speak are spirit and they are life, right? So anytime Jesus speaks, his words are spirit and they are life. In other words, Jesus speaks from eternity, which means that his words transcend time. And it means that time is subject to the words of Jesus. It means that whatever generation you live in, the words of Jesus are applicable. And if you build your life based on the words of Jesus, you're guaranteed to overcome. Many believers live a life of failure, frustration and disaster because they, they apply all the wisdom, the counsel of this age. But the Bible says the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. One of the things I want to challenge every believer to do is you need to grow to a place where you have a working knowledge of the scriptures. In other words, you know the scriptures, but not only do you know them, you do them. In other words, you look at the scriptures as a blueprint for success and you apply the wisdom of the scriptures to your life. Because for you to be a believer, it means, or, or for you to be, um, for Jesus to be Lord, it means you're submitted to him. And if you're submitted to Jesus, it means that you're, you're a disciple. You're at, at, at minimum a disciple because there are five stages of spiritual growth. You have what's called a believer. You have what's called a disciple. You have what's called a bond servant. You have what's called a friend and you have what's called a son. Those are the five levels of maturity. Number one, you have a believer. A believer is someone that believes in Jesus. They believe that Jesus has died for their sins. They believe that Jesus is their savior. And that's it. They just believe in Jesus. But believers don't progress beyond believing. They just believe. At bare minimum, they believe in Jesus. Jesus is their savior. They believe that Jesus died for their sins and he rose again on the third day. The second level of maturity is what we call a disciple. The word disciple, the root word disciple is discipline. So it means that a person who is a disciplined follower of a teacher, a disciple is a person who begins to discipline themselves to live by the teachings of the one they follow. Most believers never become disciples because they don't know the word. 
the Bible says, if you continue in my word, you'll be, you'll be my disciples. So many believers, they, 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 they start off believing in Jesus, but they become indoctrinated by the world's philosophy, the philosophy of the world, the rudiments of the world, the progressive ideas of the world. So their mind is inundated with all the philosophies, the theories and the, the belief systems of the world. But it takes discipline to be a, be a disciple. In other words, you have to discipline yourself to read God's word, but also discipline yourself to live by it. Because to be a disciple means that you are a disciplined follower of a teacher. And it means that you base your life on the, the, the teachings of your teacher. And the Bible says a disciple will be just like his teacher. So the level of discipleship, when, when you grow to a, when you decide to become a disciple, it means that you decide to walk like Jesus and to live like Jesus. Many believers never made the choice to become disciples. So what they do is they believe in Jesus, but they live lives that bring God no glory and they live lives that uh, will never bring them into spiritual maturity. But then there's another level of spiritual maturity that we call a bond servant. Now, a bond servant is different than a servant because a bond servant was a person that had served their master for a set amount of years and they were given the opportunity to be free. But during their time of service, they fell in love with their master. So they volunteered to serve their master. So when you're a disciple, that level of discipleship and, and, and most time in, 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 in history, discipleship lasts about three to five years. So it's a three to five year process of disciplining yourself to living by God's word. And as you live by God's word, living by God's word is what sets you apart from the world. Without disciplining yourself to live by God's word, you will think like the world, you will act like the world, and you will live like the world because there's no difference. You're living by their set of beliefs. You're living by that their set of principles. You're living by their set of, um, of, 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 of guiding principles or morals. But God wants you to live by his written word or the scriptures because as you live by the scriptures, you set yourself apart and you begin to become consecrated. In other words, you set yourself apart to live for God and for God alone. So a bond servant freely of their own will has chosen to serve their master. Now, what makes the bond servant thing so, so powerful is a bond servant after after progressing from the level of disciple, you are filled with wisdom. You are filled with knowledge. You are filled with understanding. But now as a bond servant, God sends you into the world and different arenas of the world or different metrons so that now you have object lessons or daily um, opportunities to practice your teaching. So, for example, it is one thing for you to read the Bible and the Bible says a harsh word stirs up anger, but a soft answer turns away wrath. God may put you in a board meeting just so you can practice what you've been taught. Right. Because one of the things that we have to remember is the Bible says, don't just be a hearer of the word, be a doer. There is no blessing and just only being a hearer. There is a blessing in being a doer. In other words, you are empowered to succeed just because you hear you're you're empowered to succeed when you do what you heard. You will never experience what you heard until you apply it consistently to your everyday life. 
Now watch. So then once you go from being a bond servant, now you have object lessons or daily opportunities in the world to consistently practice um, what you've been learning. Now there is a level of of maturity called friendship. Now, when, when I say level of maturity, what I'm saying is this. You don't get saved yesterday and automatically be a son of God. As a matter of fact, there's a gross error in the body that are we all sons. If you look in the Greek, there are like four different words for the word son. And, and, and one of those words is a babe. So even though it says son in the English, there are four different Greek words for the word son. And it deals with different levels of maturity. Um, so when we talk about being a friend, everyone is not a friend of God. I know Israel Holton made a song called I'm a friend of God. But based on the scriptures, the Bible says that. Um, I call you friends because you obey me. A, a friend is someone who is so loyal to God that God has opened up his heart to them. And now God shares with this person what he's doing. But a friend of God is someone that is so loyal and so obedient that God has raised them into a place of intimacy that most people will never experience. But a friend is someone who has obeyed God so consistently for such a long period of time that God has invited this person to know him on a deeper level. And now anything that God is doing in their life, anything God is planning in the future, anything God is doing in their in their metron or their region or their um and their sphere of influence. God lets them know ahead of time because they are his friend. So friendship is a level of maturity where you know the heart of God, where he tells you. And, and, and this is not. A, 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 a spiritual manifestation. We're not talking about a person can have a word of knowledge and not be a friend of God. A person can have a word of wisdom and not be a friend of God. When you're a friend of God, it's like Abraham, where the Bible, the Bible calls Abraham a friend of God, but God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and Gomorrah, but he couldn't hide from Abraham the thing he was going to do. And then the highest level is the level of sonship. Sonship is when you have grown to a place of maturity where now you represent the father completely in your character. You represent him completely in your lifestyle. And now your father backs everything you do and you have the weight, the authority and the power of heaven behind you because you are a walking represent representation of your father. In other words, when someone sees you, they see the father. You and the father are one. And you do what you hear your father do, you know, what you see your father do, and you only say what you hear your father say. That's the highest level of spiritual maturity. So why do we do all of this? Because this gives you a blueprint. Now, demon spirits want to oppose you from going to the next level of maturity. If you're a believer, there are demon spirits that hinder you from reading your Bible. There are demon spirits that want you to stay ignorant. Why? Because the Bible says my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. There are things in the word of God that Satan does not want you to know because the Bible says knowledge increases your strength. You become strong as you're consistently in God's word because in God's word is an impartation of strength that adds to the journey. Now, when you're not in God's word, you're, you're weak. And you're weak to do the will of God. In other words, you have a desire to do God's will, but not the power to do God's will. But the word of God adds the strength to execute and do God's will. Now, what begins to happen is when you're a believer, 
there are demons and hindering spirits that want to stop you from becoming a disciple. And let's say you're a disciple. There, there are there are demon spirits that want you to just gather up a lot of information and never grow to a place where you willingly practice this stuff in, 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 in the world spirit where you they, they want to stop you from progressing to a place of dominion, authority and power where you become a bond servant that's serving God out of love and serving God out of gladness. Then there's another thing where uh, where where um, there are hindering spirits that want to stop you from becoming a friend of God. You never live a life of obedience. You never um, love God because when we talk about loving God, people say they love God. But the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. And the Bible, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So anyone that loves God is a person that lives by his word. It means that whatever God has commanded in his word, they do it. They discipline themselves to please God because they live under the realm of God's authority. That's love. When you love God, it means you obey his word. You can't love God without obeying his word. Love is submission. Love is surrender. And love is obedience. That's how God sees love. Okay, so, and then there are demon spirits that want to stop you from becoming a son of God. Now, when we talk about New Year's cleaning, we're trying to position ourselves where we're not hindered by any demon spirits and we're not hindered by any um, demonic forces. Now, now we're going to go to um, 1 John chapter 5. Let's go to verse 2. It says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. So the way that we know that you love other believers is that you love God and keep his word. You can't love your fellow other your fellow believer, your fellow brother and sister in Christ without a decision to submit to God and without a decision to live by his word. Verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. So if you love God, the way your love for God is expressed is by keeping his commandments. You will never be able to keep the commandments of God without a knowledge of his written word. This is error. There are many believers that live a life of error because they're ignorant of God's word. When you're not in God's word, you are a candidate to live in error. You're either living in two places, error or truth. Truth is to embody the realities that God wills. Error is to miss the mark and stray away from the truth. So there is a spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, and there's a spirit of error. The spirit of error wants you ignorant of God's word and wants you to stray away from God's word. The spirit of error will distract you from reading God's word, from living by God's word, but the spirit of error wants to fill your mind with worldly philosophies, with worldly principles, with worldly theories, and worldly belief systems, so you'll never grow into spiritual maturity. Now watch this. Verse 4, it says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So one of the things about being a believer is when you're a believer, you're born of God. And every single person that is born of God has the potential to overcome the world. Here's the thing. You have the potential, which means inside of you, 
you have the ability to overcome anything that comes against you. Now, this is how God works. God is a God that operates in seed. This means that anything that God does, he does it in seed form. Which means that the nature of mankind is to be a gardener. God will never give you anything that is full grown. God will always give you something in seed form so it can develop, it can nurture, and it can grow under your tutelage and through your relationship with God. So even as a, a believer, you are called the seed of the kingdom, according to Matthew 13, which means you have the potential to be a kingdom revealer. You have the potential to be a kingdom manifester. You have the potential to be a kingdom um, bearer, right? But this is in seed form. So every believer inside of them has the potential to be an overcomer. The Bible tells us a promise in the book of Revelation. It says, to him that overcomes, will I give the right to eat from the tree of life. Part of your spiritual inheritance is to overcome everything that opposes you. Now, your ability to overcome will be based on your um, your knowledge of God's word, your level of discipline and your level of relationship with God without the word, the scriptures, without intimacy and without discipline, you will fail. It's inevitable. But if you arm yourself with the knowledge of the scriptures if you arm yourself with intimacy with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ, and if you arm yourself to be a disciplined person, you will overcome. Now, we talk about discipline in, in, in your faith. There are certain principles that are not always exciting to do or exciting to live by. But out of your love for God, you have to discipline yourself to practice the principles of your faith so that you can enjoy the fruit of your faith. It's just like in the natural. There are people that um, began to work out and when they first start working out, they hated it, and but they kept persevering. And then now they see the result of their body. They're, they're, they have more energy, they're more in shape, um, they're, they're stronger, all these different things. Now they enjoy it. Because there's a principle. The principle is first you have a desire. You in anything works with a desire. You have a desire. I want to pray more. I want to start reading my word. Man, I, I want to fast more. That's a desire. So first you have a desire. And then after you have a desire, you have to have discipline. So okay, I want to read my, my 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 Bible more. Okay, so that's a desire. And then once you have a desire, you have to discipline yourself to consistently do it. Because if you have a desire and you do not apply discipline, you will never follow through with your desire. So first you have a desire, then there's a discipline. And after discipline for a season, then you come into what's called delight. In other words, you ha had a desire, you disciplined yourself to follow through on that desire, and now you begin to delight in it because you experienced the fruit of it, right? Okay. So it says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. So as a believer, we, we, we're supposed to overcome. 
The things that you're supposed to overcome, you have to overcome the flesh. You have to overcome the world. You have to overcome sin. And you have to overcome the devil. Those are the four things you're on the journey of overcoming. You have to overcome the devil. You have to overcome sin. You have to overcome the flesh. You have to overcome the world. These are the things that as a believer, you're on the journey of overcoming. Now, how do you overcome it? The rest of the verse, verse four, it says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your faith in Jesus is what's going to make you victorious. But once you have faith, the Bible says that um, you want to add to your faith virtue and knowledge. So you believe in Jesus, but now you have to be armed with the knowledge of what Jesus has done, with the knowledge of your spiritual identity, with the knowledge of who God the Father is, with the knowledge of um, what God has given you, with the knowledge of what is with you, the more you grow in knowledge, the more you grow in strength. But as a believer, you're supposed to overcome Satan. You're supposed to overcome sin. You're supposed to overcome the world. And you're supposed to overcome the flesh. Now, here's the thing. One of the things I want to talk about is Galatians New Year's Queen. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to talk about the flesh for a minute. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 16. Well, no, we'll go verse 13. It says, for brethren, you have been called unto liberty. It says, only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Let's jump to verse 16. It says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It says, for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Okay, so being a believer, you have the Spirit of God inside of you. But then you also have the flesh. Now, now one of the things you want to avoid as a believer, your body is not evil. Your body is, is good. Your body is um, a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we're not talking about your physical body. We're talking about the old nature you used to have. So as a believer, you are making a choice every single day to put off the old nature and to put on the new nature. The new nature is your spiritual capacity and capability. Being a, 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 a child of God that is burgeoning into spiritual maturity. To be a, a, your old nature is a, a nature of lawlessness a nature of sin, a nature of lust, a nature of uncleanness. So as a believer, every day, what you're learning to do is to bring your flesh under subjection. Now, your spirit has desires and your flesh has desires. Your flesh has the desire to curse. Your spirit has the desire to bless. Now, these two desires are opposing to one another, right? But the way you're going to see victory over the flesh is by living a fasted lifestyle and renewing your mind. 
One of the reasons that we live in the flesh is because we have unrenewed minds. The Bible says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But in the literal Greek uh, Hebrew, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so it is. So as you read the new covenant, the new Testament, and you allow your mind to be challenged with truth, there are laws in your mind that you believe about yourself. There are laws about sin that you believe. There are laws about life you believe that as you consistently spend time in God's word, you want to come out of agreement with the lie and be delivered from a lie through exposure to the truth. Once your thinking changes, the way you live will change. If your thinking does not change, you will always go back to the old behavior. But once you receive a revelation of the truth, the truth will make you free from lies and the truth will change the way you live and give you a desire to be well pleasing unto the Lord. So as a believer, many believers are fulfilling the lust of the flesh, but not walking in the spirit. So your flesh wants to do the things that are displeasing to God, but your spirit wants to do the things that are pleasing to the Lord. So as a believer, you every day you wake up, you have to make a choice that I'm going to be well pleasing unto God. You have to make a choice that I'm going to bring my flesh under subjection. In other words, I'm going to obey God's word and deny my flesh the desire to express itself because my flesh will automatically by its nature do the things that are displeasing to God. So I had to consistently discipline myself as an act of my will to walk in the spirit. Because if I walk in, wait, listen, if I choose to live in the flesh, I will not walk in the spirit. If I choose to walk in the spirit, I will not live in the flesh. My desire and my focus determines where I live. If I'm focused on the things of the flesh, I will walk in the flesh. If I'm focused on the things of the spirit, I will walk in the spirit. Your mind is a magnet. And whatever your mind focuses on, it moves toward and it will follow. So what God wants you to do, he wants you to set your mind on things above and set your mind on the things of the spirit. Now, now, one of the things about deliverance, when you talk about deliverance, is there are times where people think that they need deliverance when they need discipline. You, you know, sometimes you may have to go through a season of fasting two days every week for a month to bring your flesh under control. And, and that time of fasting, what you're going to do, you want to fill your mind with God's word. You want to fill your mind with the things of God. And, and that and those two days, I'll recommend a two day fast for about a month every week. And when you go on that fast, you don't go on social media. You don't watch Netflix. You don't watch any streaming thing. All you do is work if you have to, take care of your children if you have them and have to, but beyond the things you have to do, you're spending time in the word and in prayer. And what's happening is that time you're going without food, you're teaching your flesh to take orders. You're teaching your flesh to listen to you and you're bringing your flesh under the authority of God's spirit. And now when you come off that flesh, I mean, that fast, your your spirit is has greater control than your flesh. 
See, a lot of believers live in the realm of the flesh and they're not pleasing to God. The Bible tells us, and you need to read Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, it talks about how those who are in the flesh cannot please God. When your mind is inundated with the things of the flesh, when you're constantly outworking the manifestation of the flesh, you cannot please God. In other words, it means you're lawless, you have no restraint, and you always do the things you wanna do instead of the things that please God. Now, if you're going to be live a life that's well-pleasing to God, you're going to have to learn. And it's a, it's a journey. You're not just going to start today and be a master, but you have to make the choice of being well-pleasing to God and walking in the spirit. Because if you walk in the spirit, you will produce the fruit of the spirit. If you walk in the flesh, you will produce the works of the flesh. If you live a, a life of the works of the flesh, you disqualify yourself from inheriting what God has for you. That's in the Bible. It says those who walk in the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. In order to receive my spiritual inheritance, I have to discipline myself, bring my sinful nature under control by spending time with God, by um, filling my mind with the things of God. So I have a proclivity, inclination or desire to do the things that are well pleasing to God. And I deny my old nature and I put off the old man and put on the new man. In other words, I make a decision to live like Jesus instead of living like who I used to be. I make a decision to please God in instead of pleasure myself. I make a decision that my, my desire is to feel the will, um, pursue and do the will of God more so than justify myself, more so than um, do the same things I always used to do, and more so than, um, than, than not evolve or mature or transform, right? So one of the greatest hindrances to us, because here's the thing, if you consistently walk in the flesh, you will always need deliverance because habitual sin opens the door for a demon. If there's any sin that you have no control over, any sin that you cannot stop doing, any sin that has made you a slave, it means you're under the influence of a demon and it needs to be cast out. But if I walk in the spirit, the Bible says this. See, Jesus says something very interesting. Jesus was speaking and he said, look, he said, let me get up from here because the prince of this world has come, but he has no place in me. The prince of the world is Satan. So when Satan comes, Satan is looking for a place in you that is in agreement with him. And if Satan finds a place in you that is in agreement with him, he's going to tempt you there. He's going to harass you there. He's going to vex you there. He's going to oppress you there. He's going to entice you there. But the Bible says, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. As long as there is an opportunity and a space and an openness for you to live in the flesh, Satan will have a place in your life. But as a believer, God wants you to grow to the place like Jesus did where there's no openness there's no opportunity for Satan to have a place in you. Because the, one of my favorite um, proverbs, old proverb, it says this. It says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy without has no power. Because Satan can either attack you from the outside in 
or he could be attacking you from the inside out. You don't want to consistently walk in the flesh and open a door for a demon to bring you under its influence. Well, now Satan is working from the inside of you. But the way you eliminate Satan working from the inside of you, you have to make a choice to walk in the spirit. You have to make a choice to surrender to God's word. You have to make a choice to live under the authority of the Lord Jesus. Jesus has to be Lord over your mind, over your will, over your emotions. Any place that Jesus is Lord over, it means that Satan has no place here. Satan has no right here. Satan has no legal grounds here. Because in order for you to need deliverance, it means that Satan has an open door or illegal grounds. It means that you open the door through sin, you open the door through a lifestyle that calls Satan to bring you under his influence. So if we're going to walk in victory this year. As a believer, you have to make the choice to walk in the spirit so you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right. This is one of the greatest things for believers. Most believers will never get to this place because many people are telling us that you can't have victory. Many people are telling us that, you know, the thing that's interesting about this generation, this generation isn't being taught how to overcome. They're being taught how to cope. People are teaching you not to overcome the things that will happen to you. People are teaching you not to overcome the, the place you're in. People are teaching you how to recognize it, identify it, deal with it, but never overcome it. In other words, your trauma or your crisis or your circumstance becomes your identity. God never intended for your circumstance, your trauma, and your crisis to become your identity. God intended those things to, ha to, to happen and you overcome them. Because the things that happen to you are an invitation for God to reveal himself to you in a greater way where you overcome the things that happen to you. God doesn't want the things that happen to you to become stench. God doesn't want the things that happen to you to leave a residue. God wants the things that happen to you to be a springboard for intimacy. So as you experience the intimacy that comes with the relationship with God, you experience healing and transformation and you are whole. God desires a whole people who are prospering in their soul. There is provision through the cross of Jesus for healing. There is provision through the cross of Jesus for transformation. There is provision through the cross of Jesus for overcoming. There is provision through the cross of Jesus for transformation. God doesn't. God loves you 100% the way you are. But he still has plans to change you. And just because you change, it doesn't mean that God loves you more. It means you have positioned yourself to experience more of God's love. God loves you 100% the way you are, but still has plans to transform you into the image of Christ. Because Jesus is a, paradig a paradigmic son. Jesus is the picture of what God desires from you. And you have to yield to the process so you can become just like Jesus. So what we're going to do, saints, we're going to go into another um, deliverance session. We're going we're to go through some of the areas that people um, open themselves up to. And we're going to this is going to be the last one. So I really, really hope that this has been a blessing to you thus far. 
we're going to do some of these uh some of these sessions um so we, what we're going to do i want you to repeat after me i want you to repeat after me say i am a child of god saved by the grace of jesus christ i know he died on the cross for me I know he shed his blood for my sins. And he is my Lord and Savior. I have committed my life to him. And I hereby renounce all the work of Satan. I renounce every evil spirit that binds or torments me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce them all and call upon the Lord to set me free. Amen. I repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I come before your throne of grace, repenting of all habitual sins. And if you know any sin that you practice and cannot stop, just confess that sin. And by this, I have disobeyed your word. I hereby renounce my former way of living. And I choose to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh. In regards to its lust. I receive forgiveness through my confession. And your faithfulness to forgive me by the power of the shed blood of Jesus. In Jesus name. I command every evil spirit. That may have come into my life. Through habitual sin to depart now. And I thank you, Lord, for setting me free. From now on, I will yield the members of my body to be instruments of righteousness unto God. All right, so we're gonna do, we're gonna do just a couple of, um, couple of groups. All right, so you guys just get ready and um, make sure you get your bag or your trash can or whatever you need. And let's do this. So right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind the ruling spirit of strife and I command all spirits under your control to unlink themselves from one another. I forbid you to give aid or assistance to one another. You will obey all commands given by this servant of the Most High God. Right now, I speak to you, spirit of contention. 
based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus, I drive you out of them. You foul, unclean spirit of contention. Your power is broken. Your power is destroyed. I command you to manifest yourself now and I drive you out of them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Go, you spirit of contention. Bickering right now based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. You spirit of bickering, I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them right now in the name of Jesus. I command you to loose them and let them go. Your power is broken. You must go. You unclean spirit of bickering, manifest yourself now and come out of them. Argument based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus, I drive you out of them. Your power is broken. You must go argument. I drive you out of them, release them, loose them now and let them go. I commend you to manifest yourself now and come out of them. Quarreling right now, based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus, I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them quarreling right now, based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. You must release them now and let them go. Come out of them now quarreling, fighting right now, based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I command you to manifest yourself now. You spirit of fighting. I drive you out of them. You must release them now and let them go in Jesus name. Come out of them. I drive you out of them now in the name of Jesus. Right now, I command every spirit under the control of the spirit of strife. I command you to manifest yourself now and come out of their physical body. I said, right now, manifest yourself now. I drive you out of the physical body. You must go now in the name of Jesus. Spirit of strife, I bind you based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. You unclean spirit of strife, I drive you out of them. You must release them now. You must let them go. Let them go now in the name of Jesus Christ. I drive you out of them in Jesus name. Amen. So we're going to do another one. Um, let's do this one. Passivity. Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind the ruling spirit of passivity. And I command all spirits under your control to unlink themselves to one another. I forbid you to give aid, assistance, or encouragement to one another. You will obey all commands given by this servant of the Most High God. You spirit of funk, right now, based on the authority of the word of God, and the blood of Jesus, I command you to manifest yourself now. I declare your power is broken. I drive you out of them. You must go now. Manifest yourself now, you spirit of funk. I drive you out of them now. Come forward and manifest yourself. Go now in the name of Jesus. Indifference right now based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus, you spirit of indifference. I drive you out of them. I command you to let them go. In the name of Jesus, let them go. Release them now. In the name of Jesus, you must go. Come out of them now, you unclean spirit of indifference. I drive you out of them. Listlessness right now based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them. Listlessness based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I command you to manifest yourself now. Your power is broken. I drive you out of them. Release them now and let them go. Lethargy right now based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. 
I command you to manifest yourself now. Release them. Let them go right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lethargy, manifest yourself now. Release them now and let them go. Right now, I command every spirit under the control of passivity. Manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them. I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them by the authority and power in the name of Jesus. Passivity, I bind you based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I command you to release them. I command you to let them go. You must release them and let them go now in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to do worry right now, based on the authority of the word of God, I bind your ruling spirit of worry and I command all spirits under your control to unleash themselves one another. I forbid you to give aid or assistance or encouragement one another. You will obey all commands given by this servant of the most high God anxiety right now. I call you out by name anxiety. I command you to manifest yourself now anxiety. Your power is broken. I command you to release them now and let them go. Anxiety, I drive you out of them. In the name of Jesus, loose them now and let them go. Fear, I call you out by name based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. Your power is broken, you spirit of fear. I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them. In the name of Jesus, release them now and let them go. Dread, right now I call you out by name. Your power is broken based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. You spirit of dread, I drive you out of them. In the name of Jesus, dread, I command you to manifest yourself now. I command you to release them. I command you to let them go. I command you to come out of them now in the name of Jesus. Apprehension. Right now, based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus, I command you to manifest yourself now apprehension. Right now, apprehension, I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. Manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. Right now, I command every spirit under the control of worry to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of their physical body. I command you to come out of their physical body now. Right now, you ruling spirit of worry based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them. Worry, come out now. Your power is broken. I command you to manifest yourself and loose them and let them go. In Jesus name, you are gone. We're going to do a few more. We're going to do self-deception right now in the name of Jesus. I bind the ruling spirit of self-deception and I command all spirits under your control to unleash themselves for one another. I forbid you to give aid or assistance or encourage one another. You will obey all commands given by this servant of the most high God. Self-delusion right now based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. Self-delusion. I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them, release them now and let them go. In the name of Jesus, come out of them. 
self-subduction right now based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. Self-subduction, I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them. I drive you out of them. You must release them now and let them go. Your power is broken. In the name of Jesus, your power is broken and I drive you out of them. You spirit of pride, based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus, I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them. You must release them now and let them go. Every spirit under the control of self-deception, I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them. Loose them now and let them go. Self-deception, based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus, I call you out by name. I drive you out of them. I command you to release them now and let them go in the name of Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to do like probably like two more. All right, we're going to do doubt. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind the ruling spirit of doubt based on and I command every spirit under your control to unleash themselves one another. I forbid you to give aid or assistance or encouragement. You will obey all commands given by this servant of the most high God. Right now, unbelief, I call you out by name based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I command you unclean spirit of unbelief to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them, you unclean spirit of unbelief. You must release them now and let them go. Come out of them now in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, you spirit of skepticism. I speak to you now based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. You spirit of skepticism. I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them, release them now and let them go. Come out of them now in the name of Jesus. Right now, I command every spirit under control of doubt. I command you to manifest yourself now based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I drive you out of them. You must release them now and let them go. Right now, I speak to you, spirit of doubt, based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I drive you out of them. You must release them now and let them go. Loose them now and let them go. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Are right, we going to do guilt? So right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind the ruling spirit of guilt. And I command all spirits under your control to unleash themselves one another. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak to you, spirit of condemnation, based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. Condemnation, I drive you out of them. Condemnation, you must release them now and let them go. In the name of Jesus, loose them and let them go. I drive you out of them. Your power is broken. Your authority is broken. Come out of them now in the name of Jesus. Shame. Based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus, I drive you out of them. Shame. I drive you out of them. Shame. In the name of Jesus, you must release them now and let them go. Loose them and let them go now. Shame. In the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, you spirit of unworthiness based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I command you to manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them. You must release them now and let them go. Unworthiness, loose them now in the name of Jesus. Embarrassment, right now based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus, I command you to manifest yourself now. Release them now, loose them 
and let them go in the name of Jesus. I command every spirit under the control of guilt, manifest yourself now. I drive you out of them now. Release them now and let them go in the name of Jesus. Right now, you ruling spirit of guilt based on the authority of the word of God and the blood of Jesus. I drive you out of them. You must release them now and let them go. Loose them and let them go. In the name of Jesus Christ, I drive you out of them and you'll release them and let them go. If you are blessed by this episode of Empyrean and would like to connect further, be sure to follow me on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Darnell Craig. And be sure to visit my website, www.darnellcraig, for courses and digital products that will deepen your relationship with God.